0: praise the lord i would like to thank the leadership of the church for giving me the privilege to share the word of the lord with us uh, today and i welcome us once again to today's uh, service we'll be looking at joy in heaven over one sinner that repents taking from luke um, chapter 15 verse 7 then, if we look again at the text we read, Luke 15, 1 and 2. said, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So, looking at these two verses, we notice that a certain group of people came to Jesus to listen to his sermon. The different translations describe them in different ways. Like AJV says, publicans and sinners. NIV, like we read, says, tax collectors and sinners. The Living Bible says dishonest tax collectors and other notorious uh, sinners. And Amplified says, tax collectors and notorious and especially wicked sinners. So one common thing is that this is a group of people nobody would want to associate with. But Jesus welcomed them to listen to his sermon. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were not happy with that. This unwelcome group, Jesus is welcoming them to listen to them. So one would ask, why did Jesus welcome them? Let's look at Luke 19.10 to see why. Luke 19.10 for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Let's also look at Matthew 18 12. Matthew 18 12. The Son of Man, what I wanted, the Son of Man came to save what was lost. And if you still go on to Matthew 1:21, said as she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So what I'm trying to bring out from these three scriptures, that Jesus has a mission, and his mission was to bring salvation to all. So he was interested in the salvation of everyone. That is why people who are regarded as dishonest, notorious, wicked, he welcomed them to listen to him. Because the gospel is the power of God. Unto salvation. So it's not his will that any should perish. He wants everybody to be saved. And because that is his mission, to seek and to save the lost, he welcomed this group of people. And because Jesus is a good teacher, he went on to now give uh, three parables in the left, uh, rest of that, scripture, that chapter to illustrate his point. My mission is to come and seek and save the lost. So subsequently, he he tells us about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. So you see, in the first two instances, the lost sheep and the lost coin, something was lost, and someone had to go out of the way to search out what was lost and recover it. Well, in the case of the lost son, the lost son had to search to be found. But in either case, the people had, what was lost had to be restored. And that's the mission of Jesus, to seek out the lost and to restore them. And to seek for something that is lost requires effort. It's an active search. It doesn't happen by chance. We have to make a determined effort, a persevering effort, a disciplined effort. Like in the case of the lost sheep, we don't know how long it took the shepherd to find the lost sheep. We don't know how far he had to trek into the wilderness. We don't know how many hills he had to climb or valleys he had to cross. We don't know how rough his travel was. But one thing is significant. He persevered at it. He didn't uh, miss the sheep and say, well, I've tried. Let me just come back since I can't find this sheep. But he persevered at it till he found the sheep. Now, one other notable thing about the shepherd is that he had 100 sheep and he was able to notice that one was missing. I mean, if he had five sheep and one is missing, it would be very obvious if you come in and instead of five, you notice that there are now four. But when there are hundred and one is missing, not that twenty are missing, but one, means that he must have been a careful shepherd, probably taking head count on a daily basis to notice that one was missing. And because every animal was dear to him, he went out of his way, did all the searching, all the seeking, till he found that one and restored it. And in the same way, we look at the lost coin. The coin is, um, some Bible scholars say the Jewish ladies, when they get married, they are given a headband made of ten silver coins as, as a symbol, as a show that I'm now a married woman. So when the woman lost one of such coins, he doesn't just say, okay, well, someday the coin will surface from wherever it got lost. But it went, as the woman went out of her way, put on the lights, searched the house, swept every nook and cranny, persevered at it till he found the lost coin. And both in the case of the lost sheep and lost coin, when it was recovered, what was the effect? There was joy to the person who was doing the searching that eventually found it. There was also joy to the neighbors and to the friends, and we are told that even in the same way that heaven rejoiced over a lost person that um, is recovered. So how do these things now apply to us as individuals? First of all, we have to realize that, as the scripture has said, that all of us as sheep have gone astray. So the starting point is, have I been found? If all of us have gone astray as sheep, I, as an individual, have I been found. The Pharisees were making a mistake. They felt the publicans and sinners needed repentance. But they that were the teachers of the law, they need repentance. But the scripture is making us to understand that all we, as sheep, have strayed away. So individually, we have to allow the Lord to find us. So that's the uh, starting point. It is only when we, ourselves, have met the Lord personally. We have made peace with the Lord. We have accepted Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. We have an intimate knowledge of Him. We have a living fellowship with Him. It is only then that you are qualified to join in the mission of Christ, which is to seek and save the lost. And when you have sought the lost, you have found them for Christ. Then you will cause a great joy in heaven. Jesus has finished his earthly ministry and has gone back to the Father. And he has entrusted this ministry of seeking the lost and finding them to us, his disciples, that we, enabled by the Holy Spirit, can carry on with the mission of seeking the lost and finding them and causing joy in heaven. And God doesn't do his things by chance. It's not by accident that he has placed us in our particular families, in a particular neighborhood, in a particular workplace, Is it possible that there is a lost person in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, whom God has positioned you to be the one to do the seeking and the finding, to bring this one back to the Lord? I remember on one of the uh, Sundays, our uh, Venerable talked to us. He gave us uh, statistics of how people come to the Lord. I don't have the figures off-head, that's the true um, crusades, TV ministry, sharing tracks and all that. But one significant thing I can quite remember is that the greater percentage, the bulk of the people, come to the Lord through the influence of their friends or relatives. So if that is where we make our impact most, in our personal lives, the people we we come in contact daily. In this, we can take it upon ourselves to be available to the Lord, to allow him to use us in our families, in our place of work, in our neighborhood, to find out who is that lost person that he wants us to be the instrument to do the seeking and the finding and bring joy in heaven. We can take an illustration from the family setup. Say you have three children, four children, five children, six children, as the case may be. You have brought them up in the instruction of the Lord as much as you are able, and everything seems to be going well. As far as you know, you see them as these belong to the Lord, they have been saved. As they become teenagers, they get into secondary school, they get into the university, then the uh, flood of peer pressure sweeps this child. And carries this child away. So the child has strayed away. The questions to ask are you, as a shepherd over this child, will you be alive enough in the spirit even to realize that flood has swept this child away from the faith? As the shepherd who had 100 sheep was able to notice that one was missing. So we need to be alive over the people. Um, the lives of the people God has placed over us. To know when one has strayed in order to begin the seeking and the searching for that child, in order to restore the child. Then for this child who has strayed, what will be our reaction to it? Are we going to say, nobody will raise my blood pressure in this house? Nobody will give me sleepless nights night in this house. He or she won't say he hasn't been instructed in the way of the Lord. If he chooses to walk away, it's up to me. Are we going to determine, like that shepherd that lost one sheep, that this lost sheep, I must seek that child, I must restore that child and bring back that child to the Lord. And like we have said before, that seeking the lost will require some effort from us. It's a decisive thing. We make up our mind to do it. And it can cost us some things in order to do it. Let's look at Lamentations 2.19. Lamentations 2.19. Lift high your hands. Beg for the lives
1: of your children who are starving to death out on the streets.
0: Okay, so this time to be. Beg for the life of your children who have strayed away from the Lord. So arise, cry out in the night as the watches of the night begin. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children. I will add who have strayed from the Lord. So seeking the lost will cost you something. Are you going to determine that none of these ones will get lost? As for this child who has strayed away, if it will pass me nights of prayer, pouring out my heart before the Lord, to see that that child will be restored, I will do it. Are you going to say, if it will cost me days of fasting, seeking the face of the Lord, that this child who has strayed will be restored? I will do it. If it's going to cost me much time in counseling to bring this child back, I will do it. Are we going to persevere at it, searching till we find it? Are we going to say, well, I have done my best. I have done all I can. It's up to the child. It wasn't so for the woman with the lost point. It wasn't so for the shepherd. They persevered at it till they got a result. The lost sheep was found. The lost coin was found. So it is possible for a lost sheep to be found. It is possible for a lost coin to be found. It's not only as regards to our children. It can be our sibling. It can be any member of our family. It can be your neighbor. It can be somebody in your workplace. Who is God laying on your heart that you can be the one God will use to seek out this person who has strayed from the Lord? This person who doesn't know the Lord that you want to persevere at it and work at it till the person is restored to the Lord. So we've looked at the lost coin and the lost sheep. What about the lost son? Well, we'll say the lost sheep got missing and out of his foolishness, the sheep straight from the fold. Then the lost coin, a coin doesn't have hands and legs. So if a coin gets lost, it must have got lost from how? From carelessness of the owner. So that's another thing we have to look at. That we can become careless over lives God has placed under us and I can get lost. So, how are we watching over the lives God has placed us? Is there somebody out of my carelessness I have allowed to sleep away from the Lord? Today, we can pray that person back into the faith. We can go and search for that person and bring the person back. But what about the lost son, as in Luke 15:11 to 24? We are not going to read about him. You know the story. The lost son, went missing out of his own will, he chose to walk away from the Lord. In fact, what he did in the traditional setting, and in fact, in every setting, is very evil. In a traditional setting, isn't it when a man gets old and anticipates his days on earth are numbered? that he gathers his children, that shares his things amongst them. Or even in the modern society, a man doesn't write a will. Now, while he's living, you get out the will and start reading out. It's until the man has died that the will is read. So for this son to have boldly walked up to his father, to ask him to share the estate and give him his own portion, is something quite uh, evil, so to say, as if you are wishing his father uh, death. But whatever, the father obliged him, I gave him his own share of the estate. And he walked away and spent his life in riotous living, and of course the riches disappeared. And hunger now compelled him to uh, lend himself out to become a servant, tending sheep. Tending sheep should be something abominable to a Jew, as that pigs are unclean animals. But hunger and uh, hardship had made him to now find himself doing that. And even in that looking after the sheep, things were still not easy for him. And in that his hardship, he came back to his senses and made up his mind and said, I will return to my father. He judged himself, and rightly so, that he was no more worthy to be called a son, but if the father could receive him as a servant, that it would be okay for him and as he made up his mind to go back to the father while he was still a long distance away the father saw him and recognized him when he met with the father trying to explain I have done, forgive me I have done evil, just receive me as a servant the father didn't even allow him to finish the thing hugged him the big celebration started in the house killed the fattened calf and all that, that, that we know the rest of the story so even in his house there was much joy and the scriptures make us to understand that even in the same way, when way sinner comes back to God, that there's usually more joy in heaven. So the question is, before God, how does God see us? Am I a prodigal son before God? Am I a prodigal daughter before God? How does God see me? Before God, am I lost? Or before God, am I found? It's a personal assessment I may be coming to church, I may be attending a fellowship, but if you look at um, Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2:19, so God's solid foundation stands firm, having this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. So does the Lord know me as his? Or is it just that I'm attending church, I'm attending fellowship, but does the Lord know me as his? Or does the Lord know me as a prodigal son? a prodigal daughter who needs to come back to him. Even though I come to church, but as the east is far away from the west, that is how far my heart is far away from the Lord. The Lord is expecting me this day. As the prodigal son came to his senses and said, I will return to my father, God is expecting me this day to say, I will return to my father. Today can be a turning point. Then you'll be able to sing the amazing grace, That you are once lost, but today you are found. So, God knows all about us. Nothing about us is hidden from him. He knows our secret life. We don't know each other's secret life. But before God, there is nothing like a secret life. The things we do in secret, they are very, very bare and open before him. So, how does he see me? If I'm lost, today God is offering us opportunity to come back to him. So that as we come back to him, we cause a great joy in our lives, in our families, and also in heaven, we cause a great joy. So today can be a turning point, even for the lost, to come back. And once again, we can even narrow it down to the family setup. Like, we can ask yourself, am I a prodigal spouse? Just as you have a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, we can have a prodigal spouse. Somebody who has walked away from his marriage just um, even though you are still living on the same roof with your spouse but as far as the east is from the west so far are your hearts apart from each other the person you once said was the love of your life and you chose him or her above all else to hold and behold to love and cherish all the days of your life to death do you part you have walked away on the person You have given your time, your passion to other things. As the prodigal son came back to his senses and said, I will return to my father. Even so, a prodigal spouse can come to his senses and say, I will return to the wife of my youth. I will return to the husband of my youth. Because we need stable marriages in order to produce a good environment, to bring up godly offspring who will not stray from the Lord. So, God wants us, even if we're a prodigal spouse, to choose this day to return to him. And as the Father's hands, we are open to welcome the prodigal son. Even so, if we choose to return to him, God's hands are wide open, even to receive us. We can cause joy in our marriages by the restoration. We can cause joy in our families by the restoration of our children. And of course, we can cause great joy in heaven for the restoration of our families. So as we conclude, what are we going away, we are going home with today. Who is it that God has placed in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your family, to seek and to search out and to recover for the Lord? You can take a decision today that I will pray for this person every day for the next one month. As you pray for that person, look out for opportunities to share the good news which brings salvation to that person, God can use this to restore that soul. Even you that has reached out to that person will be happy that you have been of use for the Lord's kingdom. And there will be joy in heaven over that person that has been reconciled to the Father. The other thing we are taking home with is to look more closely to our family units. If our family units are good, the church becomes good, the nation becomes good. Who is that lost person in the family? Commit yourself to pray that person back to the Lord. Because amazing grace is able to make it happen. Then are you here today? God is interested in the individual salvation of everybody. Even if everybody under this roof is born again, except one person, even for that one person, God wants the person to be brought back to the faith. Just as the shepherd wasn't satisfied with the 99 available to him, but went after one, God is going after the one person that is still lost. So you can make up your mind as the prodigal son, prodigal daughter, prodigal spouse to return and God will be happy to receive you. Shall we pray? If you look around you,
1: you will realize that this earth is moving very fast just like a train, and many are wondering whether we are about to collapse. You may have been postponing to give your life to Christ, or you may have given your life to Christ, but deep inside you, you feel that you have walked away. We are going to pray with you. We want you to make up your minds that today is a good day to come back to the Lord. We want to give us the opportunity to come back and make peace with our Lord. You look into your life and it seems empty. There is an uncertainty within you whether you are actually living for Christ. We cannot afford To run these dangerous days in uncertainty. Begin to talk to the Lord about it. Tell him that you desire to come home. Tell him that you desire to completely surrender your life to him. Ask him to come into your life and make you new. Restore you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I want to know whether there is anybody that made this prayer. We are going to pray with you. Just raise a hand. You ask the Lord to restore you. We want to pray with you. We want to identify you. Because we want to help you. I want Jesus to restore me. Raise your hands and we shall pray with you. Eternal Father, we thank you because out of the depth of the heart, your daughter stands up, O oh Lord, desiring to come home. King of glory, Even as you have spoken and said That when two of us shall agree Concerning a thing on earth It will be done for us by our Father in heaven So, Eternal king, we pray That everything that disconnects her From the heavenly race Be broken in the name of Jesus The Lord, you will draw her unto yourself. You will renew her spirit. You will wipe her name from the book of death. You will write her name in the book of life. Fill her with your divine presence and spirit. And give her the new life which is found only in you. Christ Jesus our Lord we pray Hallelujah